Powerful, 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 powerful. The Lord is building Jerusalem. Now, there's a scripture, what I just, what I, what I just mentioned. The Lord is building Jerusalem. Psalm 147. Praise ye the Lord, verse 1. He said, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Verse 2. He said, the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. And he says, he gathered together the outcast of Israel. He heals the bro- he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He, he telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. You know, it's a very important scripture you're seeing here. And today, as the Lord is leading, I'll do a, a, a little teaching on one or two things. All right? I'll do a little teaching on one or two things. Then we can understand. I'll ask you your inspiration for soul winning. Um, but he says in verse 2, he said, The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. All right? God is building Jerusalem. Then he says, he's gathering together the outcasts of Israel. When people say that uh, there's an army rising, there are people coming to do something for God, these are the building blocks. When he says the Lord is building Jerusalem, he's not building Jerusalem with um, uh, stones and, and, and cement. Why? Because he did that before. And when he did it before, it was broken down. But he says, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. Then he says, he's gathering together the outcasts of Israel. The outcasts are not stones. The outcasts are people. So the people with which he builds Jerusalem. I'm going to show you a scripture. Acts chapter 1. The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A driving force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A driving force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A driving force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. A fire, a fire, a fire that cannot be quenched. A fire, a fire, a fire that cannot be quenched. Now, at this point in time, the, uh, the disciples of Jesus Christ asked him a question. Verse 6, he says, when they, were therefore, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, very important, um, very important the words Jesus Christ was, was, was using here and the words that the apostles too were using. Remember that in, in the... Prayer of Jesus Christ, when the, the disciples ask him, Master, show us how to pray. When they asked him the question, he began the prayer. He said, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
Hallowed be thy name. Now, that was the introduction of the prayer. That was not the prayer. You know, at that time, he is acknowledging God. But as for the, the, the model or the mode in which the prayer is prayed, it actually began, the prayer actually began with thy kingdom come. That is the first request that he made. He said, thy kingdom come. Then when he was ending the prayer to, he says, for thine is the kingdom. So he began the prayer technically with the kingdom and ended it with the kingdom. What is the significance of this? Now, you see over here the question that the people were asking Jesus Christ. said, Jesus, will thou at this time restore the kingdom again to Israel? You know, it's so important that we understand the message of the kingdom. Jesus Christ said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. You know, there's a gospel of Christ. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. There's the gospel of Christ. But there's also the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is what Jesus Christ said will be preached and then the end will come. You see, we have to understand some of the things that the scriptures say. I'll, I'll open a few things to you. I'll do a little expose on a few things. And this is one of the reasons why I don't want anybody to miss today's session because of the kind of things I want to talk about. I want to delve a little into eschatology. That is the study of the times. Matthew. Before Matthew, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'll start reading from verse 21. Matthew chapter, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21. Jesus Christ is talking and he says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the, preach, the, the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Okay? Another time we'll talk into detail. Verse 22 says, For the Jews require a sign. Other versions say, the Jews seek a sign. He said, and the Greeks seek wisdom. Okay? He says, the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek wisdom. So, you will see the, the, the comparison here, or the parallelism, as it were, over here. We'll see the parallelism over here. He says, the Jews seek or require a sign. So, there's something about the Jews. The Jews are constantly looking for a sign. Then he talks about the Greeks. The Greeks at that time was talking about was not necessarily the Greeks. He's talking about the Gentiles because at that time the world's um, most popular language because of the, the, the reigning of the different kings, all right? The Greek, um, the Greco-Roman Empire was, was, you know, today we'll not go into that now. So he said the, the Jews seek a sign. So there was something about the Jews. The Jews were prophetic. When we talk about this, the Jews seek a sign, there is only one area that has to do with signs and tokens, and that is the prophetic. Because when you come to the prophetic, everything matters. When you come into prophecy, everything matters. Numbers matter. When you come into the prophetic, colors matter. You see, when you come into the prophetic, colors matter and numbers matter. That is why one of the reasons when pastor was saying you, uh, you are accepting black lives matter, you are calling yourself black, you are accepting it, and you, you think that you are actually accept, accepting something nice. Alright? And because in the prophetic, black is not a good color. It can only be a good color when it is mixed with another one. So, uh, 
There's no light that is dark. I would say we are children of the light. You understand? And our focus as Christians shouldn't be this physical color that we are having. And for most of us sitting over here, truly our color is actually brown or dark brown. So, you understand? You understand? True color. And you can look at it into detail. When you look really at your color, it's not a black color. You understand? Because, like Pastor said, you reject Negro and nigger and you pick black. We are talking about the same thing. Alright? So, in the prophetic, colors matter, numbers matter, everything matters. When you meet a lot of prophets, look for signs because the Jews believe they are prophets. Everything that happened. That's why when the disciples were with Jesus, he said, Jesus Christ should tell us, he said in Luke chapter 21, he said, tell us the sign of thy coming. He told them, what's the sign of thy coming? Because in the Old Testament, it is filled with, you will see a lot of patterns and signs. With everything that had to do with the Jews, you will see a lot of patterns and signs. So in Matthew chapter 24 and Luke chapter 21, they asked Jesus Christ, said, what will be the sign of your coming? How will we know that you are coming? Say that the Greeks, they seek wisdom. So with the Greeks, you do a lot of talking and philosophy and explanation. But the Jews are not so concerned about talking and philosophy. They, are, they, they want to know what is the sign. How will we know that the Lord is coming? How will we know that the, 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 you know, where we are in the calendar of God, we are not in a time that we can play. Because I will explain a few things to you. You understand where we are in the calendar of God and why it is so important that every Christian is doing something for the Lord. I will try and mash all the, all the things I want to say up because we don't have too much time. Now, he said that the, the Jews seek a sign. So in the Old Testament, you do a lot of patterns. You do a lot of prophesying. And the Old Testament, another thing you see yourself doing again is you see um, what we call rehearsal. We'll, we'll go a little deep into this. In the Old Testament, or the things that have to do with the Jews, with how they were raised, they, they had to depend on a lot of physical things that are happening. God had to give them signs. God had to give them signs. That's one of the reasons why God even had to include the anointing oil. Because there had to be a sign. You see, the Bible says that um, Samuel poured oil on David. He said, and the Spirit of God rested on him for, on that, from that day. That means the oil was not the thing. The oil was a sign that the Spirit of God came to rest upon him. So the main deal was the Spirit of God resting on him and not the oil. He said after he poured the oil on him, the Spirit of God rested on him from, from that day. So that means when the Spirit of God rests upon a man, he doesn't require oil. But sometimes you are dealing with certain people at certain levels and God knows that this is the level at which they are. You have to give them a physical medium. But God is a spirit. He doesn't need a physical medium to operate. So when God was dealing with the Jews, he was dealing with patterns. So a lot of the time, when the Jews want to know something that is going to repeat itself, they look at the patterns. Now, a lot of rabbis, okay, a lot of rabbis don't joke with patterns. They don't joke with patterns. When something happens 
more than twice, they pay attention to the dates now because they know that it can easily repeat itself. So truly, I'll tell you the truth, truly, um, astrology is sometimes accurate because the study of the stars. Because I showed you a scripture. He said he, he, called, them, he called the stars name by name. But God told us that we shouldn't depend on the star, on the study of the star. We should depend on the Holy Spirit. Because, why? Because, hmm, I don't know whether I should say this or not. Because what the devil has now done was that he has, um, through the stars, he was able to, you know, decode some of the things that were yet to happen. So he mimicked some of them. So there are certain Greek um, uh, stories of gods. You will see that they, they have mimicked the birth of Jesus Christ. They are, they are Jesus Christ mimicked. It's like um, the name again. There's this uh, Greek uh, beast with a woman sitting on, on him. I'm sure if I find it, I'll, I'll remind you of it. It's, there's, a, there's an image of it in France today. Very good. Europa. Europa. Yeah. Europa is the lady. Yeah. And Europa is... is and, and the story there is a story of a God that impregnated a woman. Because in the constellation, truly, it begins with Virgo and ends with Leo. The true constellation. So, the devil mimicked it. He mimicked through the stars. So, the Lord doesn't want us to be seeking stars. So, you see a lot of patterns. So, the Old Testament, everything they did in the Old Testament from the sacrifices... To the different things that were happening on that day, all were to do one thing, to mimic God. Or to show what was yet to happen. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. Alright. So, he said, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things. So you see, the things in the Old Testament were just shadows or patterns. They were just shadows. They just show what is about to happen. So you, be, you can trace the, 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 the... So it's how they verified the, the Christ. They had to verify the Christ through the patterns. So when Jesus Christ was, was, was um, explaining to the men at Emmaus who he was, he had to use the law. And he had to use the prophets. He had to use the law, the patterns of the law. Moses said, he said, a prophet will God raise unto you like he raised me. He said, him you shall hear. That means there, there, there was going to be somebody after Moses. But till today, like Paul said, till today, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. So till today, they are still following the law of Moses and still following Moses. Meanwhile, Moses said that a prophet will God raise unto them like, like he raised him. He said, him you shall hear. So there was going to be another man whom they shall hear. But there was a pattern there. The one that took over from Moses was called Yeshua, which was Joshua. What we call Joshua, understand? It's a pattern. Why didn't God pick 
Sadiatu in somewhere. Why did God pick somebody? He picked Joshua. Why? Because we should be able to trace by pattern that Moses handed over to Joshua. And Joshua was the one who took them to the promised land. So the earthly pattern was there. So in the spirit, the same thing was going to happen. That Moses was going to hand over to a man. He was going to hand over to another one. And that was going to be also called Yeshua. So the patterns are there. So the Jews always look for patterns. So we're going to look at some very important pattern that we can use to know the coming of the Lord. Are we in the time? You know, some people have been saying that if Jesus will come, somebody actually said that even if he was sitting in a wheelbarrow, he should have arrived by now. Now, you see the pattern and the prophesying. The prophesying is very easy to know because even in the writings of the, of the, of the, of the uh, Gospels, that is uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they had to make a lot of reference for example, when you go to the, uh, the uh, Matthew, he made a lot of reference to what Isaiah wrote. Mark made a lot of reference to what Isaiah wrote. Then Luke also made a lot of reference to what Isaiah also wrote. So a lot of the time, they, they made references there. John had a different approach. John had a different approach. John was not necessarily making reference to what was being written, but John said at the end of his books that, Many more miracles did Jesus Christ do in the presence of disciples. He said, but these ones were written that you might believe that Jesus is the son of God. So, John's miracles he recorded were what we call messianic miracles. That were miracles that only a messiah can perform. Are you ready? Are you sure you are following? Okay. So we want to look at the pattern now. I also talk about prophesying. Then the rehearsal. The rehearsal. Leviticus chapter 3. We are looking at the kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom of God. The disciples asked Jesus Christ, Will thou at this time return the kingdom again unto Israel? The kingdom. And Jesus Christ said, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has put in his own power. That means when it comes to the shifting of the kingdom, you know the problem of the disciples, all the time they were working with Jesus was, they didn't understand what was called the time collapse. They didn't understand what was called the time collapse. Time will not permit me to talk about the 70 weeks that Daniel talked about. Now, Daniel spoke of 70 weeks. He had a vision, and the angel came to explain to him that there were going to be 70 weeks of the world. So he said the whole world from the time God was speaking to Daniel. He said that whole world is going to be 70 weeks. And the, the 70 weeks there is uh, is not no, normal 70 weeks. Every week there represented something. I don't want to go too deep in that. I'll have to go and explain everything from the 70 weeks. But all the prophesying of Daniel. Now this particular one, this 70 weeks, what calendar is he referring to? He was referring to the Jewish calendar. Now understand something. He said the Jews seek a sign. 
God dealing with the world at the time was just with the Jews. In fact, all that God is aware of is Israel. There are only two nations, Israel and the Gentiles. Two nations, Israel and the Gentiles. Every other nation, Russia is a Russian Gentile, Ghanaian Gentile, Nigerian Gentile. So, every nation, all right, when God was recording the, the, the prophecy of Daniel, Daniel, which was the 70 weeks, something happened. And that's why, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so key. You understand? The people said, all right, because the prophecy of the prophets prophesied that a Messiah was going to come. And this Messiah was going to take them out of the rule of the Jews. So at this time, when Jesus Christ came and the, Jesus Christ was proclaiming to them that he's the Messiah, the next thing they expected was that he should take them, because at that time, they were under the, the, the rule of the Romans. So they were expecting Jesus Christ to rebel and take the kingdom away from there so that he would become a political leader. And that's where they got it wrong. They were expecting the Messiah to come as a political leader. Because according to the prophecy, the prophecy says that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He said, and the government shall be on his shoulder. So they're expecting that the man is going to come as a king and have the government. So they asked Jesus Christ, at what time will you now restore the kingdom? Because now you told us by the Messiah. Okay, you died. You rose again from the grave. Okay, so now just give Israel back his freedom. Then Jesus Christ now made a statement. Go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 7. So at this time, he says, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has said in his own power. Now, God was dealing with the Jews, all right? God was dealing with the Jews for these, for the 69 weeks. But in the 69th week, when Messiah was cut off or when Jesus died, something happened called a time collapse. That means time stopped reading. According to God's dealing with the Jews, time stopped reading. And how is that possible? The only person who can make time stop reading is the Holy Ghost. How do we know? Jesus Christ, um, uh, God, by the prophet Joel, prophesied. He said, in the last, I'll pour out my spirit, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. So when there's the outpouring of the spirit, something happens. Then he said, I will restore the wasted years. So a time collapse happened. Time can be intruded by the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit now came, after Messiah was cut off, a new timing began. So the church of Jesus Christ coming into the scene, that was a new nation. There was Israel, there was the Gentiles, then a new nation was born. Now that new nation, now, because what Daniel saw was that in the 69th week, there was space. After the 69th week, the last week did not happen. The last week is supposed, because Daniel called it the weeks of years. I didn't want to go into that. But he called it the weeks of years. That means, for example, if it's 69 weeks and there's one more week left, that one more week left is seven years. Because that will be seven days. Do you understand? It's called weeks of years. 
So every day within the weeks, because it's prophetic language. I told you in prophecy we used a lot of signs and tokens. So in every one week, there's seven days. So instead of saying seven days, you will call it seven years because it's called the weeks of years. So this one is also, when you calculate that one, you also see the weeks of years. Now when this one ended, there was now space in between the 69th week and the last week. Are you following? You see a space between the 69th week and the last week. Now, in this 69th week, there was a time collapse and an intrusion of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit now came to make this particular timing. He came to make this particular timing infinite. The only way that God will return back to the Jews, because now, Jesus Christ talked about until the times of the Gentiles were fulfilled. What's the times of the Gentiles? Where, because first, God was just dealing with the Jews. Everything he was dealing with was with the Jews. So all the Jews were, was his people and he was dealing with them all the while. But salvation was not going to come. According to the prophecy of the prophet, salvation was not going to come to the Gentiles. If salvation comes to the Gentiles, that means God will have to deal with the Gentiles too according to a calendar. So God has to suspend this and start a new calendar here. So God suspended his dealing with the Jews and now came to deal with the Gentiles. And that is how we came into Christ. And after we came into Christ... When the times of the Gentiles, he called the time of the Gentiles, said when the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled, God will have to now return back to that calendar. It is at the end of the last week that Jesus will come for the second coming, not the rapture. Jesus will come for the second coming, not the rapture. The rapture is not the second coming of Christ. The rapture of the church is not the second coming of Christ because Jesus is not going to touch on earth. Are you with me? Should we go deeper or we should stay here? Leviticus 23. Now, before I go into, into Leviticus 23. Before I go into Leviticus 23. There are three schools of thought when it comes to the rapture of the church. Now we are going to the rapture of the church. There are three schools of thought. There's a school of thought, they say it is called the pre-tribulation. So they cut it up pre-trib. So when you hear anybody talking about rapture of church, it says pre-trib. What's talking about pre-tribulation? Pre-tribulation. That means they use the tribulation to measure at what time Jesus is supposed to come. When they say pre-tribulation, that means those who go with the Lord, the rapture of the church, before the tribulation of the saints. Or before the tribulation that comes to the world. So there's pre-trib. Then there's what we also call mid-trib. The middle of the tribulation. There's also a school of thought. Because Jesus Christ talked about the fact that some people, he said, uh, a lot of saints might, uh, will not, the elect, he said the elect might not be able to stand 
He said, until the time is cut short. So there's also a school of thought that says that some people will live in the middle of tribulation or the rapture is going to happen in the middle of tribulation. That means tribulation is going to come upon the world. Then the Christians are going to live in the middle of the tribulation. Then there's also another school of thought that says that the Christians, all Christians will go through all the tribulation. That is called post-tribulation. During the lockdown, there were so many, so many schools of thought. Mm, your head will just be, everybody, some say it is mid-trip. Looking at what coronavirus did, and they are trying to make a one-world order, there's going to be, it's going to be a mid-trip. Some say it's going to post-trip. Now, amazingly, when you listen to all these people with their explanations, you, they all have scriptures to support it. Pre-trip, use the index that Jesus Christ gave, that's just like in the days of Noah. Now, in the days of Noah, Noah entered the ark before it started raining. So they used that for pre-trip, that the saints are not supposed to go through the tribulation and they are supposed to be saved before the tribulation. Now, mid-trip also said that Jesus Christ said that the elect, because when you're talking about post, uh, uh, pre-trip, that means the Antichrist will have to come, all right, Pre-trip is like we have to leave before the Antichrist start manifesting. But when you listen to mid-trip, they say the Antichrist will come and start persecuting Christians for three years or three and a half years and in the middle of the tribulation, then they will leave. Because the Bible talks about the two prophets who are called the, the living witnesses who will also be, who are, who will be here, all right? Mm. Then the post-trip to also have a very strong point because Paul said, at the last trump. Because when we say at the last trumpet, is the last trumpet. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Is the last trumpet. We said at the last trump, he said we shall be taken away. So the last trump is actually post-trip trump. So the question is, which is which? Now, during the lockdown, Pastor Chris did an intense teaching on this. And Pastor Chris went with Pastor went to a pre-trip. I also am going with pre-trip. Uh, I, I also have something to defend pre-trip, which is more accurate than mid-trip and post-trip. You know, I stand with pastor. Are you ready? Someone say pre-trip. Right. <laughs> they don't want to go through tribulation. <laughs> Ratakolobo, Rebabo, Ekelabando, Resatokaba, Rabade, Likoramanto Kale, Soras Kesaro, Bresco Shangradela, Bela Congrada, Secto Command. Hallelujah. You know, the amazing thing with this, during one, one of the lockdown services, I explained um, <laughs> the catching away in, in, uh, with the harvest, where the, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm trying not to veer off, okay? So I'm, I, I, I stand with pre-trip. Let me explain why I'm standing with pre-trip. Leviticus 23. I'm going to use patterns. I'm going to use patterns. Listen, if you are, lo- if you are not living for Jesus, eh? Hmm. 
ever miss the rapture of the church, you will regret it. Why say people preaching in bars today? You might think it's a normal thing that a pastor asks us to go and preach. God is sounding a trumpet. The people in the Bible you are reading of, they didn't have three, uh, three different kinds of blood. The same voice that God gave them, go and preach, is the same voice God is giving Christians today. God is sounding something. God is saying something. Verse 4. He says, These are the feasts of the Lord. Now, underline feast of the Lord. Even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. Now, hold on. He says, These are the feasts of the Lord. He didn't say, These are the feast of the Jews. Now, the feast that the Jews, you know, the, the feast that the Jews observed in a year, alright, were different kind of feasts. The feast they observed in a year, you know, you can call it their holidays. But those particular feasts, the Bible says that they were not the feast of the Jews. God is trying to show us something that these are not the feast of the Jews, they are the feast of the Lord. And if they are the feast of the Lord, then we can use that as a pattern in time to explain the calendar of God. The problem with many Christians today is that they don't pay attention because the Bible says that if we have to understand the ends of the time, we have to look at Jerusalem. We have to look at Israel because without Israel, we will not understand the, the, the time because ours is not dated. It is Israel's own that is dated. So we can use the dating of Israel to understand our times. And throughout history, you realize that any time the Jews go through something, then, then the church goes through it the next time. So, the feast of the Lord. Now, in the feast of the Lord, they were divided into, into two. The feast of the Lord, some say three, but I'll, I'll, I'll put them in two. All right? They were what we call the spring feast. And the fall feast. So, the what we call the spring feast and the fall feast. Now, the thing, the beautiful thing about this, the feast is that in the feast, by the coming of Messiah, who is Yeshua, the, all the feasts in the spring feast were fulfilled. The only feasts that are not fulfilled are the, the feasts in the fall feast. So, now, you look at it like this. So, we are going to the spring feast first. The ones that were fulfilled. The first one to be fulfilled was Passover. Passover is the first feast. The next feast after Passover is unleavened bread. Now, I want to explain something about, about the Passover and the unleavened bread. Now, the third one is the feast of first fruits. Then, the last one is what we call Pentecost. Now, I'm using the Greek um, translations of these. The, the, I don't use the Hebrew names so that you don't, you don't think that something is wrong here. All right? So, these are the spring feasts. Now, when we go to the, the, the four feasts, you will see the Feast of Trumpets is the next. Then you come to the Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Then you come to the Feast of Harvest. Now, when you look 
into um, this particular feast, you will see a certain pattern. Now, by the death of Jesus, because when you look at Moses, he said when, when they kill the lamb and they put it upon the doorpost, he says when the, the, the dead angel sees it, he will pass over. So by the blood of Christ, by his shedding of blood and his death, Passover was fulfilled. Because it was on the day of Passover that Jesus Christ gave the communion. This is my blood poured out for you. So Passover was fulfilled by the death of Jesus. On living bread, the time will not permit me to go into the, the things they ate and how they put, you know, a, a sharp instrument into the bread. So when you see the Jewish bread, it has a lot of bruises. God gave them that particular um, pattern. He told them that they should scratch the bread. Scratch the bread. What they didn't know is that he was talking about the bruises that Jesus will have. And the holes they put inside were the, uh, the holes that were supposed to be in the nails, the nails that was in the palm of his hands. Till today they keep doing it. But they don't understand the significance of it. So now, in the unliving bread, living, when we call living, living is what makes bread rise. So the unliving bread, living, when you, the Bible talks about living or, uh, or the living, it talks about sin. Living is sin. So living bread, unliving bread is the bread without sin. So that's talking about the resurrection of Jesus. How he was sin before he was buried, but when he came out, he came out as a new person without sin. So unliving bread was fulfilled with the resurrection of Jesus. So, from there, we now come to the first fruits. When you come to the first fruits, James said, Of his own will begat he us by the word of truth, that we might become the first fruit. So, here he talks about how the church was now born. So, first fruits now refers to us. We are the first fruits. That was also fulfilled because Jesus' church was born. Now, we all know that Pentecost was fulfilled. Now, the number of days from this to this is 50 days. It's actually 49 days. The 50th day falls on this. So, Pentecost actually means 50. Pent, five. So, he says, on the Pentecost... On the day of Pentecost, the fire now came upon their head. That was when the Holy Ghost came. Now the work of the church began. So, we are still, if we are still in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, then we are still at Pentecost. And the time frame between Pentecost and the next feast. Now, if Jesus or if the rapture happens, it means atonement or judgment, day of atonement was the day of judgment. It means the day of atonement has come before the feast of trumpets, which is incorrect. So, if the patterns are anything to go by, prophetically, you can't say that there's going to be um, the judgment of the world before the Christians will be taken out. It's incorrect. Because the feast of trumpets, so people now ask the question, what about the, the, the trumpets that is going to sound, it said, on the last trump. The last trump is mentioned over there. It's not the trumpet of angels. 
No, it's not the trumpet of God. The, la- the very last time that's going to happen, that's the feast of harvest. That one is the, the, the trumpet of God. But the one he's talking about at the last time, he said the trumpet of angels. That one will sound way before the trumpet of God. I know some, some of you might be confused, but hold on. Now, when the church now comes forth at Pentecost, when the church now comes forth at Pentecost, the church now begins to act. So in the book of Hosea, you will see a lot of things happening. So Hosea talked about the two days. And Peter said, a, uh, a day in the Lord is as a thousand years. So the two days, which is talking about the 2,000 years since Jesus died and the church was born. We have come into that 2,000 years already. So the next thing the church is now waiting for is the rapture of the church. And that one is supposed to happen before the judgment of the world. Noah's story is one of the cadres. Now, someone say, why is, the, why is the church trying to escape tribulation? Some people say the church is trying to escape tribulation. The church is not trying to escape tribulation. God said the church will live before the tribulation. I cannot fight with God. So the Feast of Trumpets, now the amazing thing about the Feast of Trumpets is that that is the only, the only time or the only um, feast of the Lord that does not have a date. They're, all the rest have dates. The Feast of Trumpets happens within the 48-hour period and the trumpet can sound at any time. So at, what are you supposed to do when it comes to the, the Feast of Trumpets? Be ready. Because it can sound at any time. When it sounds, everybody must gather. And it's the same thing that Jesus Christ said. He said, the day and hour knoweth no man. So brothers and sisters, we have come to a very critical time. Where the kingdom of this world, God is about to return everything back to Israel. The times of the Gentiles are about to be fulfilled. And one of the major signs that that, that Jesus Christ talked about. He said that I will not come again. He said I will not step here again until you say that blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That means when, because they rejected him, the Jews rejected him. So he says when the Jews start accepting him again, he will come again. Now go to Israel today. They are now Messianic Jews. They are Jews who have accepted Jesus Christ and have started preaching to other Jews about Jews about Jesus Christ. It's a major sign. He said, I will not come again until you say that blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, if there's any time to preach the gospel, this is the day. Because Jesus Christ said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. He said, then the end will come. Then the end will come. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. The end of things is around Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot stop still be playing with your Christianity. You cannot be playing with your Christianity. And young guys, young ladies sitting here, don't think you are young. You are the ones with which God is going to sound this loud trumpet. So keep playing with your Christianity. Keep playing. I know. Because this is not the first time. Listen, this is not the first time that the world, this is not the first time that the world has tried to put a plague in the world. (laughs) <laughs> this is not the first time they planned it. Don't think, don't buy that story that coronavirus came from a bat. Don't buy that story. 
Don't buy that story. This is not the first time. You should read about history. Maybe you should go and read about the Holocaust. You don't read history. People don't read history. You don't read about the Holocaust. Because I talked about the eugenics. You should go and, it's, it's an agenda. And this is not the first time. I know that God allowed them this time because they've tried it many times. If you don't know that there is, there is, a, there is a, a, a spirit, there's a spirit that withholds back evil in the world. Tuberculosis is still airborne. Why isn't it affected everybody? Because there are spirits that hold some of these things back. The way HIV is, eh? people should have, be having it. The way it is spread, people should be having it left, right, center. But listen, although people are dying from it, because there is a, there's a scientific way that things, certain things run. When this whole coronavirus came, I explained it. I explained it with three models. I said, think that demons are erratic. When something is from a demon, don't think that it's erratic. The demon will come to someone's room and kill him. No. If God wants to do something in succession, and the same thing demons do, God wants to bring men into the world. He said, okay, man, sleep with woman. So there's a system. Sperm, egg. Sperm, egg. And at the end of the day, we still say, God gave the person a child. But it's not like God was there putting a child there. Are, are you getting it? Said, so that's how spirits, spirits are not that erratic. If a demon shows himself, that means koa de koa. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy for a demon to show himself or, or an angel to show himself. It's, if he shows himself, that means like, like with Zechariah. He shows himself, you say you don't believe, you go down. So there are spirits, there are certain spirits that hold some of these things back. But this one, you can see that it was not held back from the beginning. It was allowed to. Why? Because God wanted to wake up the church. Because the church had been sleeping. Because we are coming to a place where, you know, we are coming to the, 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 one of the greatest harvests that have been prophesied by many. And let me tell you something. The, the, the rate at which the church of Jesus Christ was going, I don't think that harvest could have been possible. Because there was a, a lot of fine-tuning God needed to do with the church. The church had forgotten. It's as though to, uh, uh, to have a big church, you know, you know to, have, to say you are successful as a church is the, the, the size of your, your building. It's not about the souls. It's not about, about the passion for the people. You understand? It's about how we want to know a successful pastor. It's about how many cars that he has. How did the church get to this place? So all those impurities were in the church of Jesus Christ. So you see that all the churches that went into lockdown, the ones that were not building according to the pattern of the early church, when they resumed church, they were crying. No money. They were crying. No money. They were crying. No money. Ladies and gentlemen, living online to on-site was a lot of faith. That's what some of you don't know. We now entered into a hall, and our attendance tripled. Listen, our attendance triple. That means we could not use what we were using before. Which means our expenditure as a church now increased. So don't think that we were happy going to open. Me, I opened because God spoke to me. Because most of you remember I said I'll open in September. Even the open in August, I said I'll open in September. I was feeling the online. Because less expenditure. But as I was dressing one day, God said, open, open, open. I said, God, I said, September, September, September. He said, still open, open, open. And I called up and I said, listen, we need to open. Open, God didn't tell me where to open. I was now looking for where to open. I called my guys. They went back to Best Western. Best Western said they are not opening for us. But 
God knew that the number of people coming in, because we saw a major harvest even in lockdown. Why? Because we built according to the pattern of the early church. In the early church pattern, there's no one-man champion. There's no one-man champion. Everybody, every house is a church. So don't be a lackadaisical Christian. Your area, what are you doing there? Because in the early church, there's nothing like member. There's no member. Every member is a missionary. Write it down. Every member is a missionary. Some people are still thinking, well, should I go and preach in a bar? Some people are still thinking about it. You are still considering it. That is the same way that you ask God for something, you also think about it. Every member is a missionary. And what can God do for me? And what can God do for me? Oh, God, do this for me. Oh, God, do this for me. I told them, I said, listen, when you are a child, eh? when, God, when you are a child, God will take away your pain. Eh? When you grow, God teaches you to play in pain. <laughs> when you are a child, say, I'm not, I'm not feeling well. I cannot go and preach. When you grow up, God will say, despite the fact that you're not feeling well, step out and preach. There was a day I came to church limping. I was limping. Nobody knew. I was limping. There was a pain in my leg. You know when I climbed the pulpit, everything left. When I climbed, I started preaching. All the pain left. When I got down again, the pain returned. Then you have become a son. You have become a stakeholder in the kingdom of God. We started catching this revelation a long time ago. We started catching the revelation a long time ago. There are times we were going to preach in places and we're not asking anybody to give us money to go and preach. We're not asking for transport. We're not asking for anything. We rather thought that, you know, this thing belongs to me and my father. You understand? It's a family business. And in family business, you don't ask for salary. You are a shareholder. So rather, I will not be working myself up and down looking for money so I can go and preach. And there are many times we went to preach. Sometimes we, we dress, we finish dressing and we are going and we don't have transport and we are walking to the station. Why? That's when we started learning the rudiments of faith. You have not done this. You have not tried your faith on some of these things. Yet you want to use your faith on one million dollars. God is watching you. Say, God, they said faith. I'm using my faith. Meanwhile, you have not used your faith on, on you know, tomorrow we'll talk about giving. You have not used your faith on 200 Ghana CD. I'm going to do something for God. You have not. You just, you just enter church one day. But I said, receive one million dollars. I receive it. Yes, God can give it to you. God can give it to you. But if it's going to be consistent, it will have to be a principle that is stamped in your spirit. So now, till today, I can be there and not have the cash, but I have the faith. <laughs> I'm going to do something. I might not have the cash, but the thing will end up being done. After lockdown, some churches are looking for their members. <laughs> some churches are looking for their members. So Kabaya. The church was now about building and not about the people. So God had to remove all those things. He had to take away all those things. Do surgery on the churches. So at the time churches went to lockdown, many churches came to review their structures. Came to review many things. Some churches collapsed. So now, if you built and your pride as a church was in 50,000 or 100,000 sita, there's no social distancing. But if your pride was in 100,000 people, 
You know that meetings were going on. Prayer meetings were going on. In fact, some cells became stronger in lockdown. Every member a missionary. What can I do for God? What can I do for God? What can I do for the kingdom of God? Am I a stakeholder or am I an employee? The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A driving force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. The zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A driving force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. The seal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A driving force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. If I if I if I if that cannot be quenched if I if I if that cannot be quenched Oh, the zeal of God has consumed me. It burns in my soul. A driving force that cannot be stopped. A fire that cannot be quenched. Oh, a fire, fire. A fire that cannot be quenched. A fire, a fire, a fire that cannot be quenched.